As we head into Valentine's Day 2024, no complaining, no bitching, no whining, no grumbling, no pointing out all the reasons why the coach needs to be fired, the coordinator needs to be replaced, the quarterback is not good enough, this athlete makes too much money, that athlete doesn't deserve to get a raise, blah, 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 blah. Animals. (laughs) We are focusing on what we love about sports. That's it. It's easy. Would you believe that in my two decades of hosting, two plus decades of hosting sports radio, I've actually never asked this question. What do you love about sports? I know it's cheesy. I know it's sappy. And I do not care. (laughs) What do you love about sports? On Twitter, A-Law Radio, on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. And just over a half hour from now, your chance to ask Amy anything post-football style. Because it's in the rearview mirror. But you know, this past Sunday, Popeyes fans watched the perfect pairing of Popeyes commercial during the big game and the new lineup of crispy on the outside, juicy on the inside wings. Order any of their five delicious flavors today. Oh, now see, there's another perfect pairing. Just food and football food and sports talk radio. Uh, I'm not sure why no one at this point has said what I love most about sports is your show, but it'll happen at some point, no doubt. Just kidding. It's not really a compliment if I had to fish for it, so just ignore the host. So whether it's Twitter or Facebook, we're glad to connect with you. Happy Valentine's Day to you. I mentioned this earlier, but it's worth mentioning again. My sweet husband was in bed, I assume, snoring away, and I'm trying to get out of the house I, like a dummy, forgot to clear off my windshield. We had seven inches of snow, and a lot of it had frozen as the temps had dropped and had frozen on my windshield. So I'm out there, no big deal, trying to scrape off my windshield. Maybe that's what he heard. But in the process of doing so, I think I have freed my windshield wiper over the driver's side, and I turn it on, and not only does the windshield wiper break, but the pieces go flying everywhere. So I'm trying to pick it up. I'm trying to put it back together. I'm getting frustrated. I'm already running a little bit late for work just because of some other things that were going on with Penn. And I am out there. Well, I have to go inside and get a flashlight. So maybe he heard me open the door again. I don't know. I I didn't want to wake him up because he has trouble sleeping and he, he needed to sleep. Anyway, I'm out there trying to figure out this flashlight and this windshield wiper and doing it on my own with no gloves on. I didn't even realize I'd made both my knuckles bleed on my right hand. (laughs) And he comes walking out the house with his glasses and his coat and his slippers and his sleep pants. (laughs) Poor guy. He doesn't even like, he doesn't even like winter. (laughs) I'm sure it was not easy for him to get out of bed, but he managed to jerry rig it. I... Some of the pieces were broken, so I'll have to get a new windshield wiper. But he managed to jerry-rig it so I could use it on the way to work. And I just apologized about 100 times. And he said, you should have told me you needed help, which is really sweet. And then to top it all off, he stashed a Valentine's Day card in my bag. What? I mean, I didn't get ahead of the game. I made some pre-Valentine's Day chili. That wasn't really for Valentine's Day. It was just the Valentine's Day Eve chili. <laughs> so I did feed him last night. Um, and I am going to the grocery store this morning. So I have a couple trips up, tricks up my sleeve, which he doesn't know about. Uh, he decided he would get the jump on it. This from the guy who told me Valentine's Day is a sham. 
Well, maybe it is, but it's a pretty sweet sham. That was a great move by him. <laughs> Starting a- it off with that and then a surprise. <laughs> That's a good move. Seriously. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You're only allowed to focus on why you love sports for these next 24 hours. That's it. It's super easy. So, again, on either Twitter or Facebook. Uh, and then you send your questions for Ask Amy Anything. Our phone number is 855-212-4227. That's 855-212-4CBS. Now, I did tease this and Jay is very excited. I have this column that I printed off the interwebs. The 11 rudest things you can do in someone else's house, according to etiquette experts. He, You don't understand the look on Jay's face. He's actually not feeling well. He's got the chills and all kinds of stuff. And yet he's like thrilled that we're about to do this fun game. So we'll get to that. But first, let's talk to Mike, who's in Maryland. Mike, why do you love sports? It's very, very simple. Uh, I'm like in my 60s right now. Jim McKay was the biggest inspiration of my life back in the It was this one concept of which the um, NBC Wild World Sports come on, spanning the globe, great competition in sport, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, the human drama of athletic competition. It's all in all. All the callers that you've been talking to and like have reflect reflect to that. Yes. Sounding of the bats, the 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 camaraderie of you know pageantry of everybody being together. Mm-hmm. But the biggest uh, my biggest concern why I love sports because it put all the other league elements to shame. I mean it beats religion, definitely beats politics, and it beats the job that you did. And happy Valentine's to you, sweetheart, because my wife got forty two cards. Dated since 1979, so it is important. Oh, that's really sweet. Mike, you're a great example to other husbands. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. And that's the secret to success. But, yeah, but that's a, that's pretty much the reason why I love sports. It just takes you out of the realm of all the other all the other things that's happening around life, you know, society, the chaos of society, mm-hmm. and things going on in the other world. And it begins as a child, something that you have a love and compassion for. Very lucky if anybody grows up to end up experiencing that. And it's true. It can be lifelong. Yep. You can do yeah. it all the way through your life and you can share it with the people that matter most to you. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Like it's, it's, not a, it's not a sport to them. It's something that they have a passion for. It's a dangerous thing to be. <laughs> and football is very dangerous. I'm a PSL holder at, uh, at the stadium. And yes, I'm pissed off at what happened at the games or what have you, but it's a, it's a love. It's getting mm-hmm. the next game. The next year, the next yes. season. Agreed. That's what gave me longevity. I like that perspective, Mike. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. 42 years, he says. He's done the Valentine's Day card for 42 years. Good for him. That's consistency. I like it. It's a good number. Yeah. So send us your love notes about sports. There you go. What do you love about sports? Do you remember when you were a kid? Uh, maybe this happened to you, or maybe it's just me. Uh, you would get a note passed to you in class. Will you be my Valentine? Circle yes, circle no. Or will you be my girlfriend? Circle yes, circle no. <laughs> okay, maybe it was just me. <laughs> I got that. We did that still. <laughs> okay, here we go. Are you ready? This is going to be goofy. I just know it. I don't agree with all of these. But the 11 rudest things you can do in someone else's house. You can decide for yourself how many of these you agree with or how many you think are just completely over the top. Should I start from the bottom or start from the the top? Can I guess number one or start from? Would you like to guess? I want to guess. Okay, go ahead and guess. What? Don't Don't worry about the order. Just guess. I think, that, to me, the rudest thing you can do in someone else's house is clog the toilet and leave without saying anything. 
There's no, that's inexcusable. There's no coming well, back from that. Okay, so one of them is hiding a mess. Number four on the list is hiding a mess. Unfortunately, things happen when you're in another person's home. You might accidentally spill red wine on the carpet or knock over a lamp. Don't ignore or try to hide it. If you break something or even just finish the roll of toilet paper, it's best to let your host know as quickly and quietly as possible. I agree. But how many of you have ever been somewhere and accidentally pulled a cupboard open, maybe you were snooping, and the handle comes off? Or you open a door and the doorknob comes off. That's actually happened to me. The doorknobs come off a door. Uh, An older house, right? The doorknob just fell off. Or this is the worst. Oh, my gosh. I was staying with someone else, with a friend of mine, and I went to use the shower All I did, I swear, is put the soap on the soap dish and the whole thing fell off the wall. Oh my gosh, I was mortified, mortified. Uh, And my host assured me, oh, I've been telling my husband for for weeks he's got to fix that. It was loose, don't worry. But I was the one who knocked it off the wall. Oh yeah, and how many of us have gone into someone else's home and clogged a toilet? It's it's embarrassing. It's humiliating. You just want a hole to swallow you up. But yeah, to ignore it is even worse. I know my niece came to visit me. Uh, gosh, when was it? Might have been going back to one of our wedding weekends and wedding planning weekends. And she clogged the toilet and she was looking for the plunger so she could take care of it, which I appreciate. Yeah, nice. And this is family, but she was so embarrassed. Like, oh my gosh, it doesn't matter. Not the it, best look. No, but, but still, it's no, it's just, it happens. But it's it embarrassing when it happens in someone else's house. Sure, it's the worst. It is. Yeah. So number four on the list, the 11 rudest things you can do in someone else's house Do not hide a mess. If you hide a mess, that's rude. And I agree. Don't try to pretend like it didn't happen. If they're really your friends and they really care about you, they'll say, you know what? It could be me. I could have done this in your house or I could have been the next person to use the bathroom and clog the toilet. So one of my friends was in the bathroom of my other friend's house and spilt red wine all over their new white, um, whatever you want to call it, like a little towel that goes in front of like, oh, the sink no. in the bathroom. Yeah. It was covered in wine. And it was like brand new. It was nice. She throws it into the shower, closes the shower curtains, thinking like, oh, they won't find it till whatever. Like, who put that there? Instantly. It was like, who put this? My friend like was like getting, I don't know, saw it. <laughs> who did this? Didn't run up to it. Didn't run up to it. Finally did. It was oh, a big deal. my gosh. Do I can imagine. Even worse when you won't own up to it. Just so it's bad it. enough to hide it, but then even worse when you won't acknowledge it when someone finds it. Mm-hmm. And even harder, too, because something like that where it's a stain, if you don't let them know right away, the chances chances they're they're going to be able to clean it, they decrease the longer it goes on, right? Um, I had a friend recently, he'll kill me for telling the story again, he brought his puppy to the house and the puppy takes a humongous poop on my hardwood floor. And he was mortified. He was so embarrassed. But... I needed to clean it up. I mean, somebody had to clean it up. You don't want it to sit there. But, yeah, that's got to be the worst. His dog just comes in and takes a massive doo-doo on my hardwood floors. Yeah, Yeah, it was bad. He was so embarrassed. That's like a reflection of you, you feel like, right? Yes, exactly. The dog's dog's an extension of me. Okay, so don't hide a mess. What's another, another number on the 11 rudest things you can do in someone else's house, Jay? Uh, I'll guess putting feet up on their furniture. Mm, Disrespecting shoe rules. Mm -hmm. That's what it's called in this column. Here we go. Shoes on or off tends to be very individual specific. Listen to what your host prefers. For instance, I do not care about shoes in the house. It does not bother me. I just don't want wet shoes across my hardwood floors. My sister-in-law... 
whether it's her, my brother, my nieces, they have been trained from the time they were babies. You do not wear your shoes in the house. So they have shoe racks upstairs and downstairs at each of the doors. Any of the guests are expected to take off their shoes. That's boyfriends. It's my mom. It's me. And if you, this is really funny. If you accidentally, because I've forgotten before, accidentally walk through the house without taking off your shoes, my nieces will tattle on you. Oh, no. Auntie Amy's wearing her shoes. Yeah. They got a whole setup. <laughs> yeah, they do. A police system there. So, yeah, but I don't care. It doesn't bother to me. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't bother me if you wear your shoes in my house. I feel weird taking my shoes off in other people's houses. I don't oh, know. Oh, okay. See, that's I just the thing. I wear my shoes. I don't know. Right. Other people may really feel like I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to smell your feet. I don't want your nasty socks to no be on the floor. Right. So, it goes on. The article goes on to say it's understandable why many people prefer not to track dirt and germs of the outside world into their homes, but also hosts should be prepared for their ask, right? So if you uh, don't know, ask, which I've done in, in the past. Get ready to walk into someone's home, you ask. Shoes on or off. Right, yeah, do you want it, yeah. me to take my shoes off? Exactly. <laughs> so disrespecting shoe rules is number nine on the list. Prepared for another guess? I am. Uh, not bringing your own alcohol to a party or not bringing something to a party, like to the, another person's house. Okay, if it's a party, I could see that. Like this gathering. is actually yeah. one that I don't agree with only because I don't care if my friends bring stuff when they come to visit me. But number 11 on the list is showing up empty handed. Okay, yeah, that's right. What so, I mean. yeah. And, and if you uh, are going to a party or let's say a holiday gathering, I can see maybe it's. The t- maybe it's a birthday party, like that type of thing. I still, I don't care if people come with gifts. I prefer they just come. But I do understand that, that for a lot of people, that's a no-no. They will not show up to someone else's house empty-handed. So those are three of them. All right, since we're running up against the clock, let's run through a few more. The 11 rudest things that you can do in someone else's house. Number one on the list, touching and moving things. I mean, why would you do that? That's the rudest? Yeah. Well, like- I don't know if they're in any order, mm. but... Like the, what? Th- right. So if like moving the remote, like what, or hiding it, or eh, I mean moving furniture. Yeah, that would let's be just strange. say you want a coffee yeah. table near you wherever you're sitting. So this looks better here. And so you move a coffee table over to where you're sitting. Um, you, let's see. Oh gosh. Touching and moving things. Did I get them? Oh, it's on the back. I was like, where's the rest of the it print? The printer printed on the front and the back. That's annoying. Okay. <laughs> yes, when someone says make yourself at home, that doesn't mean you move their furniture around. No. Right? And also, here's one that it, it, it's in touching and moving things. We could have covered it in feet, though. Don't put your feet up on someone else's furniture. You, They may, and if they do, then okay. But I still feel really weird. Even if my host has got his or her feet up on their furniture, I generally feel very awkward doing it myself. What if it's an ottoman? Well, isn't that made for feet? Right. Right. So if it's in front of the chair where you're sitting. Clip and, game. Right, maybe. But on a coffee table no or oh an end table. So disrespectful. Anything no way. like that. Right. So wait for the host to give you the go-ahead to touch or interact with things you see. Knickknacks. Right. Maybe you like it. You pick it up. Not everybody is... is I had friends who game used to do with that. that. Yeah, they don't. They don't want you to touch their stuff. All over my stuff. Right. Just don't do it. Okay. Number two. Number two. Excuse me. Expecting a tour. So the eleven rudest things you can do in someone else's house is expect a tour. I will offer every now and then if it's a friend who's not been to my home. But at the same time, there are instances where I know my bedroom has got 
I, like maybe I used it to hide things or my bedroom is a mess and it's it's got a, I don't know, a suitcase I haven't emptied like is the case right now. Or another room has got the cat litter box in it and so I don't want people going in there or, or just whatever the case is. I agree. You don't ask for a tour unless someone offers a tour. Don't say like, hey, can I see the rest of your house? I never really thought about that, but I agree. I agree with you. Because then you can put your host in an awkward position. Yeah. Okay. Number three, overstaying your welcome. I mean, enough said. You got to know when it's time to leave. I agree with that. So the 11 rudest things you can do in someone else's house. We went through hiding a mess. Oh my gosh. Five is snooping. Not snoop dogging, but actual snooping. Refrain from peeking in cabinets and cupboards. <laughs> I mean, yeah. When someone tells you, though, to, to help yourself, to make yourself at home, to get a drink, uh, to make yourself comfortable, then I feel a little less as though you should stay out of their cupboards. But that's only in, say, the kitchen. Or if you're in the bathroom and the toilet. I will do this. If I'm in someone else's bathroom and the toilet paper roll is empty or it runs out, I will look under their cupboards for more toilet paper. I think generally a good host will leave some toilet paper out just mm-hmm. in case. Mm-hmm. But if you're out and you're, yeah, and you're in a situation where you need it, well, then I will open cupboards. Do you ever go into a cupboard or a fridge at a friend's house and be like, oh, that's off limits? Or like they said you could take anything, but you don't want to like be greedy. You want to just, oh, like, I'm not taking the good stuff. Let me just get that's fair. I'll take that. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Maybe when it comes to drinks. Uh, so, yeah, we're all curious about what other people have in their cabinets. But be careful because if you open up the cabinet and something falls out or you open up the cabinet and the door falls off, well, then there's no way to pretend like you weren't snooping. Uh, number six. Now, this one is really annoying, and I've recently come across this situation. Bringing an uninvited plus one. So someone invites you to their house, and you show up with a significant other or a friend. I agree. That's not okay. That. No. And uh, I dealt with this. I'm sure a lot of people have dealt with this when it comes to weddings. Remember I told you I had oh, a yes. friend. I sent her an invitation. I had met her live-in boyfriend but didn't know him. And so I didn't put his name on the invitation and she got really upset that his name was not on the invitation. I would have been okay with her bringing him. It had, she asked me, I would have said yes, but she just got so upset about the fact that his name was not on the invitation. And I, I just, you're my friend. Really know him. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be inviting him. I'm, right. I'm inviting you, but she couldn't get over it. And so ultimately, you know, didn't come. Um, I, for my wedding, our wedding, we invited married couples, of course, but there were some singles there too. And they asked me, some of them asked me, could they bring significant others? And, you know, as we considered it and the answers were yes, but not everyone did. It wasn't an automatic plus one wedding, if that makes sure. It wasn't, hey, bring whoever. We were trying to control the guest list. And so we we were dealing with it on a case-by-case basis. So, yeah, bringing an uninvited plus one to someone else's house, they don't know them. Changes everything. It does. Changes the dynamic. It changes right. what you got to put out. Right. It changes, it changes the, the food. Right. It definitely changes the oh, conversation. Nice. Gone. Yes. Okay. Waiting to share dietary restrictions. This one I don't love. Uh, I get it if you, and I ask when I invite people over for dinner, I get it if you're allergic to something, you probably want to let your host know. But I almost think it's a little pretentious when someone invites you over for dinner and you're like, okay, I can't eat this, I can't eat this, I don't want to eat this, I don't like this. I get it. Some people do actually have some major allergies in in that they can be scary and even life-threatening. 
nut allergies, seafood allergies, or sorry, sorry, shellfish allergies. But I'm not a huge fan of telling your host right off the top. (laughs) So I guess that's a matter of opinion. Well, because what if they weren't, they knew or they weren't planning on using any of that anyway? Then, you know, it's kind of like an Mm -hmm. awkward. You know, I was always under the impression where if you go somewhere, you just kind of eat what they give you. But I don't have any True. allergies. So, right. I don't yeah. have any allergies either, though. Uh, so even if it's something I don't like, yeah. I will take a little of it It'll, just as a yeah. compliment mm-hmm. to the host. Mm-hmm. Right. But if it's allergies, so it's one thing to say, I don't like this. I don't like that. If it's a life-threatening allergy, I suppose that's different. I just haven't ever dealt with that. We don't have those in my family. Though my one of my nieces, my younger niece, uh, she doesn't have an allergy. But for whatever reason, peanuts. It's only peanuts. The smell of peanut butter or the smell of peanuts make her scratchy. So I think she has a mild allergy. It's not any other nut. It's it's huh. only peanuts that she just can't stand the smell of and she can't eat. But otherwise, yeah. My brother-in-law actually does have a bad shellfish allergy. Mm. We can't, if we can't go to like a hibachi restaurant or anything like that, yeah. we got to tell them if we go there. Yeah, that's right. something new. Okay. Uh, this is funny too. Feeding the dog. Among the 11 rudest things you can do in someone else's house, feeding the dog. See, I will agree with that on this on this case, uh, in this case, because Penny has a really weak stomach. Aussies have weak stomachs. So if you feed her something from the table, she'll get sick. I have to tell people when they come over to watch the dog, don't give her treats unless they're her treats because she will get sick. Right? So that that is one that I, I can that. empathize with. Yeah. We went through disrespecting shoe rules, interfering with the setup. This one speaks to me. Do you want to hear what the line is? Don't switch place cards at the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> my husband is still angry over the family member who switched up our seating chart. I, maybe I should just send this article to the family member who switched up the place cards at our reception. No subject line. Yeah. People put time and effort into hosting events like dinner parties. So respect what they put together and don't try to interfere or make changes. <sighs> too easy, late. Right? L- too little, too late for that family member. The 11 rudest things you can do in someone else's house, according to etiquette experts. That's fun. Do you agree with all of them? Some of them? Most I, of I them? I agree with a lot of them, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last one was showing up empty handed. I like the shoe rules. That's how they put it disrespecting shoe rules. That's a good one. Yeah, I agree. I like that list. Stop messing with the seating chart. My favorite, though, is the, if you make a mess, just tell someone. You have to. You, you have, have to. to. It's so much worse to double down and let it go, and then they get <laughs> mad. Just tell them right away. You can maybe even fix it, right? Maybe even fix it. What do you love about sports? On Twitter, After Hours CBS, on our Facebook page, too. And while you're at it, last few minutes to send your questions for Ask Amy Anything. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Getting you to the good half of your week. It's the Hump Show on After Hours. Fantastic. What I love about sports, I love the redemption stories. I love that you can be crushed, dejected, devastated one year, and the next year you can be on top of the world. I love that we have stories like UVA becoming the first team ever in the NCAA tournament as a one seed to lose to a 16. 
But 12 months later, Virginia is on top. UVA is the national champion. You want to talk about a redemption story. I love that you can go from rags to riches. You can go from worst to first in an epic journey. I love that teams can fail and fail and fail. And then they can be champions. I love that an athlete who's been cut and is sitting on the couch can get a shot and go out there and find a new opportunity and a fresh start and lead his team to the playoffs off the couch. I love redemption stories. Because let's face it, sports is a lot of failure before success. And there's no guarantee that success ever comes around again, so we better enjoy it. What do you love about sports on this Valentine's Day? It's only love. It's all love. It's no whining, complaining, bitching, groaning, mumbling, blaming the refs, blaming the coach, blaming the coordinator, calling for a new quarterback. Nope. What do you love about sports? On Twitter, A-Law Radio. On our Facebook page, too. Our phone number, 855-212-4227. I also love the history of sports. I love that every year, in fact, every month, we see something we haven't seen before. It's continually evolving. And come this all-star weekend in the NBA, we've got something new. Sabrina Ionescu, star of the WNBA and the New York Liberty, will battle Steph Curry, three-point shooter extraordinaire. In fact, the best three-point shooter in the history of the NBA. So why are they doing it? For me, it's just continuing to, to raise the bar and to put us and give us the opportunities to be on this platform um, understanding, you know, it being on TV and, and young girls and young boys being able to watch it and, and understanding how important visibility is and knowing that there's going to be a young kid who maybe hasn't watched many w, WNBA games but is going to watch and tune into this and they're going to have that dream of one day going up and shooting against their idol and knowing what that's going to mean and how that's going to change the landscape of sports. And so I don't think either of us really understand, and obviously I'm speaking for Steph, but the the gravity and magnitude that this could take on, but knowing that we're just a small piece of, of um, kind of just changing the narrative and this isn't, you know, this isn't really scripted, so to say. This isn't something that we're doing to um, try and, and, and check something off the box. It's more like we're really excited for the opportunity to, to do this and um, you know, from my perspective, it's something that I could have never imagined being able to be a part of. And so um, it, it's really organic and, and nothing about this is um, done to just check a box off for the league. Just to continue to think creatively around how these moments can like do whatever, you know, what Sabrina, Sabrina just said, uh, you know, amplify the game of basketball. And like those conversations should be, I, to her point, this summer, knew she's in three-point contest, didn't know 37 points was coming. Then there was just this big bomb that went off on, you know, the reaction around that fast forward eight months later, seven months later, whatever it is, where we're having this this moment and re, re or reshaping how people think about, you know, just competition in general. Like, you know, you got – Kids that are in gyms and boys and girls playing, you know, shooting, playing pickup, whatever the case is, like reimagining what competition really looks like at the same time. And this can kind of be a a uh, a moment uh, for that. So 
whatever else comes out of it, we're going to continue to uh, to tap in and invest on moments like these that can move the needle. Sabrina Ionescu and Steph Curry, who has won the three-point challenge himself multiple times, uh, NBA All-Star Weekend, and Ionescu won it last July at the WNBA All-Star festivities, which, by the way, were in Las Vegas. Uh, and she had 37 out of a possible 40 points. She is a sharpshooter along the lines of uh, Steph Curry. And so this is something new. What I love about sports, it continues to evolve and show us something we've never seen before. On Twitter, After Hours CBS, on our Facebook page, last couple minutes to send your questions for Ask Amy Anything. Uh, and lots of Las Vegas questions. Producer Jay is searching for the best and the brightest, and we'll do it next on The Hump Show. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Time to ask Amy anything. Sort of. Hit me with your best shot. Las Vegas in the rearview mirror and we've moved forward. Lots of questions about Vegas that I can see. I know producer Jay is armed and dangerous as always and actually Vegas was dangerous for him because now he's sick so I don't know where he got his germs but we're safely behind a double pane glass. So I'm not getting sick. Pat Boyle's not getting sick. We're staying in here. Jay staying in there. Good thing his microphone works. Are you ready? Yes. You have some questions for Ask Let's Amy Anything? So we will get to the Vegas, but we are going to start with the recent storm, the snowstorm in the Northeast. Okay. So Gregory wants to know, is Bob okay with all the snow? Because we know the story, the windshield wipers. Is Bob okay with this? He is. Uh, the good news is he works from home for now and doesn't have to go out in the snow. Uh, so he had to take the dogs out around, oh gosh, I guess it was 6 o'clock yesterday morning and the snow was just starting. It wasn't bad. Once I was safely home, he wasn't concerned about it anymore. I took the dogs, well, I took Penny for her morning walk, so he didn't have to go out again. Yeah, other than taking the dogs out, didn't really have to deal with it. Did say it was pretty from inside. Uh, now it's about to get real cold again, though, and the snow isn't going to melt for a while. So I think that's what bothers him more is the cold, not so much the snow. Question from me. What's he's like the a biggest trooper. snow he's been in, you think? Oh, it's here. Yeah. Well, he's been on vacation in Colorado, but I don't think it was in the, in the wintertime. I believe it was in the summertime. This one comes from David, who wants to know from you. When, it, when you get a snow day, do you park in the garage or the driveway? I do not have a garage. Princess Leia is a trooper, like the hubs. And so she is always out in the driveway. And... I get spoiled, too, because not only does she have the force, but she's four-wheel drive. And so I don't even bother to shovel the snow at the end of the driveway. I just drive right over it. I love that. Yeah, so I, I don't have a garage. And I don't. I would be okay with a garage. I don't love basements. I don't love attics. They creep me out. Uh, and so for that reason, maybe my house has less resale value, but I'm all right with no garage. Let's get to Vegas. Charlie wants to know, what was your favorite experience while in and around Vegas? Hoover Dam was absolutely my favorite. I did love driving through Lake Mead. We rented a car on Saturday and drove 80 miles through Lake Mead National Park. In fact, we drove around the lake and we saw wild horses, which I've never seen in my life before. It was incredible. We also saw a bunch of mountain goats and sheep, which is really neat. And, and the sunset, the sky was completely purple on the way back, which was gorgeous. 
So I love the driving. I love to be able to see the, the snow-capped mountains, but absolute blown away, like breathtaking, the Hoover Dam. And we did a tour where we actually descended into the dam and walked through some of the tunnels and got to walk up to the face of the dam from behind it through a vent. So we were taking photos through a vent in the Hoover Dam. It's incredible. So I haven't done the blog post. I'll get to it this weekend. Uh, but I can't wait to share some of my photos from the Hoover Dam. Bob is afraid of heights. And oh. I made him look over the edge of the dam one time. But he was petrified. So I was holding my phone over the top of the dam taking photos. And those are pretty darn cool as well. So, yeah, the Hoover Dam was phenomenal. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Paul wants to know, is there one thing that you and Bob wanted to do in Vegas but just ran out of time? Oh, gosh. There's a lot we wanted to do in Vegas but just ran out of time. Uh, we didn't have an opportunity to get up close and personal with the sphere. We saw it from all other angles, but we never did have a chance to walk by it. So that was one thing uh, that we wanted to do that we just didn't have time for. We did a Venetian gondola ride, which is awesome. Got serenaded by an actual Italian. Uh, it was so cool. We did Cirque du Soleil at Treasure Island. We saw Mystere, for those of you who are wondering. We did brunch at the Bellagio and saw the fountains at the Bellagio. Um, and we did a Titanic exhibit, which had actual artifacts, including this huge piece of the hole that was pulled up uh, from the latest expedition. So we got to do a lot of what we love. Um, just for the most part, though, we crammed in everything we possibly could and didn't have a chance to do other than that. Can we just hint on the fact, by the way, that when we were there in Vegas on, I think it was Wednesday of last week, someone climbed the sphere. On yeah. the outside. Right. With a GoPro on and took Insane. videos of it. And then when he got up at the top, he apparently discovered a trap door so he could get down. Because he couldn't climb back down. He had to figure out some other way to get down. Apparently, he caused hundreds of thousands of damages. Oh, no. All right. Let's go to Richard, who wants to know, what Vegas hotel impressed you the most? Oh, gosh. I really did love the Venetian. It was immaculate it was decorated the ceilings uh, not just where we did the gondola ride the ceilings were painted like sky uh, to make you feel like you were in the canals in Venice uh, but obviously the the Venetian known for um, that time period Rome and Italy and and the Empire and so the, the, a lot of the ceilings the cathedral ceilings are painted too with murals so it's really pretty I like the Venetian we got lost in the Venetian um, what else did I really like I thought Mandalay Bay was was impressive, too. It's just that there was so much walking through Mandalay Bay. So I'll say those two. Uh, Mob Museum was not a hotel, but that was probably my fav favorite building that we were in. Yeah, that's a cool building. Uh, let's see. Soko wants to know, ready for this one, what was the best food you ate in Vegas? Well, I love the brunch at the Bellagio. That was everything that we paid for and then some. And there was no line and there was no wait. And it was the only meal. No joke. I did not eat again. We ate brunch at 1 o'clock at the Bellagio on that Friday. And I didn't eat again until the next day. I didn't need to. So I'll say the brunch at the Bellagio because it was the most expensive. It was the one touristy meal. But on Saturday night when Bob and I were coming back into Vegas to catch our plane, we stopped in Henderson and found an Italian restaurant called El Chianti. And it's just a hole in the wall. And the food was 
unbelievable. It was so, so good. Those are the, only the real, the two real meals that we had there. Otherwise, it was something out of a food court and a <laughs> breakfast place that we found at 4 o'clock in the morning after our first show. I, I found some hot pretzels in the uh, media yeah. area. We split. <laughs> I mean, two meals. I had two meals in Vegas. That was it. Otherwise, it was snacking and it was crap. We did have it's a dirt. Crap. We did have a dirt dog, though. That was good. It was good, but it was still crap. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Double crap, but it was good. Now, this one comes from a run. Who, it also came from other people. Why didn't you do booms live last week after the show? Oh, yeah. People were so upset. I don't want to blame anyone. It's just a matter of the guy who was here running the board just wasn't trained in that respect. Right? So we just, we assumed he'd done the show before, but I guess had forgotten. Oh, and, even when I reminded him. Right. And so he just, he just dropped the ball. That's all. Whatever. I, I mean, I figured you all could for survive. We gave you such great content from Vegas. And yet people are complaining about the fact that the booms weren't there at the end of the show. Yeah, I mean, it. People actually got really upset. Like, lost, yeah. some one guy was like, "You lost all my respect. I'm, I'm not listening anymore." Oh, okay. That's what you listened for. You, you, know, you just record it off the radio and play it yourself whenever you want. <laughs> yeah. Really so it, it was just a matter of Jay was in Vegas, not running our audio board, and the guy who was running the board, by the way, is working tomorrow night with me. So don't get upset if there's no boom. Uh, he just, he just wasn't on top of it. Whatever. All right. Let's move on to Mark, who wants to know, what do you look forward to the most after a football season? Having my weekends back. (laughs) Having actual Saturdays and Sundays that I don't have to be stuck in front of the TV all day. And I know, I know, I love football. You love football. We all love football. But it's still work. And it's time-consuming. And if you consider that during the regular season, we start at 1 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern and don't stop until 6 a.m. the next morning. That's every Sunday for 19, or for 18 weeks and then playoffs. In January, we work every day. I'm not going to tell you who it is because I don't I don't want to call him out. It's, it's his story to tell, not mine. I ran into a very prominent NFL analyst, a TV. I mean, he's a star. A TV star in Vegas. And asked him how he was doing, and he looked weary. And I said to him, this is not Boomer, by the way, so I said to him, how you doing? He's like, I can't wait for football to be over. And this is a guy who played in the league, for heaven's sakes, and now does TV and makes a lot of money at it and is extremely popular. I can't wait for football to be over. It's a long haul. There's a lot of fatigue, and it culminates with a Super Bowl week in which it's 24-7. So don't yell at us when we enjoy having our weekends back and, and our schedules are not attached to the football schedule. We just need a break. NFL, we can't miss you if you never go away get into some food. Rich wants to know, have you ever eaten Scrapple? I have no idea what that is. I've eaten apples. I've even... Scrapple. I've had Snapple. No, you can't Google it. We're in the middle of asking me anything. No, I did before. I just want to remind me. It's like a bread. So I I did Google it to make sure it's like a thing. I've never heard of Scrapple. I'm so sorry. Hmm. So no Scrapple. No Scrapple. Jim wants to know, do you trust a skinny chef? No, in fact, that was the sign in the Italian restaurant that made Bob and I laugh on Saturday night. The sign said, never trust a skinny chef. Isn't that so true? You're serving, although Bobby Flay is in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you guys missed our conversation with Bobby Flay, it was legendary. The guy is a great story, an awesome sense of humor, and he even admits to what he sucks at in the kitchen. It's good stuff. 
let's do this one. Ron wants to know if you could be the commissioner of any pro sport league, which one would you like to be? Well, right now, Roger Goodell, because everything the NFL touches turns to gold, but he takes a lot of flack. What? You know what? Major League Baseball. I I think Uh there's some improvements that I could make if I replaced Rob Manfred. I like that. And now Ron wants to know if you could play any NFL position, what would you want to play? Oh, free safety, baby. I'm a free safety. Just let me go. Let me run. Let me hit people. I always wanted to be a free safety where you just roam over the back and you have kind of some autonomy and also some freedom. Just, of course, you can get burned if you're in the wrong place, but oh, hard-hitting free safeties. That's one of my favorite positions in football. Let's go to this one. Randy wants to know, if Overnights was a sports team, what sport would it be and where would you play your home games? What would the mascot be? Overnights was a sports team. My gosh. Should we have a moon? I like a moon. For, yeah. our, for our mascot. Dog, we could, or the Death Star. Forget that. Mm. The Death Star is our mascot. Overnights, what would be? I think we should play basketball. We could, we could travel. We could hit the road. The Death Star. We'd have lightsabers and Death Stars. The Death Stars. As our logo. Just our name. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Right. I like it. All right. Let's do some rapid fire here. Soda or milkshakes? Milkshakes. Lays, Especially if they're chocolate. Mm, Lay's or Pringles? Pringles. Mr. P. I'll go Mr. <laughs> Pratt, Mr. P. Connect Four or Tic-Tac-Toe? Connect Four. PayPal or Venmo? I use Zelle. All right, that works. <laughs> windows open or AC on? A- uh, windows open. Carpet or hardwood floor? Hardwoods. Make a phone call or send a postcard? Ooh, I like to send cards. Hmm. The last one here, warm coats or fuzzy socks? I can't have both? No, just In one. the middle of winter? Mm-mm. All right, give me the fuzzies. Nice. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio.